you know you recognize that that inequality is is unfair and and adds to the kind of chaotic nature of of the world as we experience it and so you're also trying to utilize some of the things that you're grateful for in order to uh, correct some of those uh, inequalities. Hello and welcome to the 250th episode of the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability and social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Alberto Ligi from London. Please click that subscribe button and follow us if you're not doing so already and do leave us a rating and a review. It helps others to find the show as well. Today, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome onto the show renowned actor and philanthropist Chiwetel Ejiofor. Now, you'll know Chiwetel's amazing work on the big screen, including 12 Years a Slave, for which he received an Oscar nomination, and Marvel's Doctor Strange films. Today, we focus on Chiwetel's philanthropic work in support of the Jinko Foundation, which is driving forward education, health, and gender equality in Nigeria. Now, for context, Jinko's co-founder and chief executive officer, Afa Monyema, is someone I consider a friend, and you can listen to that interview that I did with Afam back in October 2020, where we explore all of the Jinko Foundation's work and the remarkable support they've been able to secure from some of the film world's biggest names. And so that is the context for today. Today we explore how Chiwetel Ejiofor and Afam Onyema first met, how they developed a great rapport, and how that has blossomed into some remarkable philanthropic work in Nigeria. Enjoy our 250th episode, and thank you from the bottom of my heart for being with me week after week during these past five years. And so, Chewetel, without further ado, a big heartfelt welcome onto the Do One Better podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to, pleasure to be here. Well, it's great to see you. And here we are marking 250 episodes, and we're on the eve of the fifth anniversary of the Do One Better podcast. It's great to have you on the show. And we have uh, a mutual friend, uh, Afa Monyema, who does some wonderful philanthropic work with Jinko. And I think what I'd love to do to start with is just, first of all, give us a little bit of insight into who you are and how how you're uh, you're involved on the philanthropy side. Yeah, I mean, I... Um... I met Afam, you know, when I was I was working. We had a mutual friend, and um, he he came to to visit me at one point at uh, at work on a set, and um, and we got talking, and you know, and actually he sort of asked me the same kind of question, you know, what where where did my interests lie uh, philanthropically, you know, um, and and I was engaged, you know, in two areas i think but distinctly because of my family background you know that my father was a medical doctor my mother a pharmacist um and so and for both of them you know that thrust of intervening medically was very was very strong i obviously didn't follow in that sort of slightly more scientific approach to uh, to everything but it was where my heart was i think i felt that that was you know but what he was doing with hospitals and what he was doing with people in need of medical care um, just immediately felt to me to be a, a really great approach to things, you know, that uh, that you kind of, that you get in on a kind of ground level and you help people in the most direct ways. You know, my father, you know, I remember years ago, my father who trained as a, uh, he, he did, um, he did a PhD in, uh, in biochemistry. Mm-hmm. 
and he'd go to Nigeria and and he'd have and he'd have his doctorate, you know, and people would say, um, so could you help me with various medical ailments? And he'd say, I'm not, I'm not actually that kind of doctor. And uh, but it sort of bugged him. And so he retrained, you know, as a medical doctor as well, so that he could uh, so that he could help exactly in that way, just more directly. So it was a big thing in my family. And so when I met Afam that first time, you know, I expressed that. And I also expressed that the other side of um, of where my interests lay were in education. <clears throat> you know, I was, uh, my my mother actually had founded a school, a small uh, school in Enugu, which she was sort of raising funds for and sort of trying to kind of figure out how she was going to kind of allow it to to grow. And, um, and I was helping her with that. And uh, a lot of my sort of work, not just in terms of the charities that I was supporting, but, um, but also the work that I was doing at the time, um, writing and directing, you know, was centered in some ways on education, on, uh, on the importance of education, the importance of opportunities, the importance of, uh, of, of leveling the playing field somehow. Um, and so, you know, the kind of combination of those things is what we were is what we were talking about. And of course, Jinko was in the more sort of at that point the more sort of medical side of things. Mm -hmm. But as we talked, uh, Afam became very excited about the idea of helping in the conversation of of the educational side. To me, those two things were always the most kind of important ways of really changing people's experiences and kind of leveling that experience like i say of giving people that kind of uh, sense of of health and well-being uh, being kind of looked after but also this idea of um, of what the future could hold and and how education is so central to that so that's where we kind of began um this process um i think it was around Ooh, 10 years ago, maybe around 10 years ago now. And, you know, what's been staggering is to see how the Brightland Academy, which is the school in, in Nigeria, in Enugu, how it has grown and blossomed in this decade, you know, and um, to this kind of phenomenal degree. It's been this kind of beautiful revelation. And we've had the opportunity to help so many students and so many young people and to really uh, get involved and invested in in their in their lives, and uh, uh, and that has been uh, that's been a, a phenomenal thing to to be part of. How rewarding! Now you're you're a very high profile individual, and what was it? Was it Afam's charm initially that 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 started to build that rapport? Because I imagine you have a lot of people knocking at your door. Um, and it's difficult. Obviously, you only have limited number of hours a day, right? So. How did it all click? Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's, you know, I think that you t I tended to kind of, you know, just be involved in terms of helping financially with with charities. And uh, and a lot of those actually were doing stuff, building schools and, um, you know, and helping in, in very direct ways. And uh, migration as well was is, is and was a big uh, concept for me. And and in some ways that kind of obviously that sort of remote um helping is uh it's phenomenal you know and it really kind of works but i think i was it, it is sort of serendipitous in the sense that i was looking to get 
to do something that was sort of more actively involved in a way and personal, you know, uh, as well. And and I think that's why I had been kind of engaging, um, you know, just sort of on a ground level, obviously because she's my mother, but also because I wanted to be involved in this in that project, in the Brightland project. And But at the same time, it, there was a kind of remoteness to that as well, in a way, because I wasn't traveling to Nigeria very much at that point. And, you know, that we were having conversations and obviously there were some financial things that we could help with, but it, it wasn't quite as involved as I suppose I would have liked to have been. So it was kind of fortuitous because what Afam was talking about was a way really of of being much more kind of engaged because the Jinko Foundation would then, you know, move things forward in a certain way uh, and with a certain kind of energy and access certain things, you know, that meant that things could, you know, move very quickly and it would be very sort of dynamic and one could be very engaged in every in every level of that. So it became much more sort of immediate. And so in that conversation, you know, you're right, Afam is very charming and it's all of those things. But it was also that, you know, meeting of minds in the sense that it was something that I, you know, really wanted to kind of try to action in a way. Mm -hmm. And he sort of offered a, a kind of methodology for, for doing that, a way of uh, of sort of scaling up the, the engagement with it and um, in a way that really... Uh, excited me and and my mother and so you know I was very excited to it's fascinating because she had that connection to to brightland before um you know with with your your mother's engagement you had the personality okay with afam you had the timing but i guess in a way as you pointed out maybe just having a little bit of a roadmap of what rolling up your sleeves philanthropic could actually look like right and having that that path set up for you somewhat I think that's right. It's, you know, it's it because sometimes you need a sort of plan of engagement, you know, um, and, and there are different sort of ways of doing that. And there are different sort of, you know, there are different people. And as there are as many people as there are ways of kind of trying to do something positive in the world, you know, and um, and, and I've done, a few, you know, different sort of ways of kind of um, approaching things. But what Afam was talking about on that day, you know, like I say, you know, both with the medical and with the educational and what we sort of started to talk about seemed to sit with me as the way that I had envisaged an approach. You know, mm -hmm. uh, So it was a kind of meeting of minds in that way. And I think that's what you kind of look for, you know, that it's uh, that you look for a partnership with somebody who's like minded, but sort of offers something something else something that maybe i you know i just didn't have access to um the sort of broader spectrum of um of how things could be accomplished yeah um, that he did uh in the you know in the reverse there was kind of the idea of brightlands but then there was having a bit of a profile and being able to access certain things from my side and my point of view that was appealing to him and so you know that it was it was great to have that kind of that combination really absolutely and so that was almost 10 years ago. And now we fast forward to today, uh, never mind a whole pandemic having come and possibly gone, maybe. Um, but what was that journey? What's that journey been like over the last 10 years? How have you seen that school? How have you seen Brightland change over these years, evolve, improve? I mean, Brightland is, um, you know, the, I suppose the beginning when we when we started that first year or so, it was 
you know, the Brightland was uh, very basic, a very sort of rudimentary, almost kind of within the sort of Nigerian context, a very sort of um, almost rural looking school, even though it was in Enugu, but it was still kind of just very kind of basic in, 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 in what it had and its equipment. And, and in a way, like I say, you know, I had some hopes for the improvement of that, but I didn't quite know how to how to sort of achieve it fully. You know, even if you're directing funds, you know, even if you're just sort of donating funds, it's like, how is that going to be used? You know, how do I channel that for the best effect? How do I make these things happen in the way that's 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 useful and really kind of going to have an effect on the ground, you know? Um, so AFAM in that first year, you know, we, we raised some finances and it was very simple. You know, it was, we, there was, we, was a book, school supplies, that sort of thing, you know, just kind of um, some clothing, you know, just very simple stuff. And, uh, and in a way, that was a kind of the f- sort of first layer of just kind of increasing what the school's capacity was in terms of slightly more basic things. And then AFAM was talking about improving the sports facilities. And I was very excited about that, you know, that we were going to build a football, a, a sports field, which was soccer, football, and, you know, we would we would go from there. And um, and that was kind of the sort of first big project was the sports equipment, the sports field, you know, coming up. And as that started to be realised, AFAM started to talk about electric board, you know, these electric boards, not just the blackboards and, you know, just, you know, having it properly kitted out with electronic whiteboards. And so then these started, we started to get those coming in and laptops and rebuilding the school's sort of entire infrastructure, which then needed and required uh, much more power. So we were able to get these generators that would power the school and and then it was more funding for more whiteboards. And then obviously these images coming back of children, you know, their increased capacity within their learning rates, you know, increased capacity through the this, this skills, self-confidence, the sports uh, equipment they had, which then became basketball, volleyball courts, you know, as well as the soccer pitch. We were able to put in the new assembly hall, uh, I mean, building up to today, which is really right now the, the opening of the sort of another school building, which is a kind of fully modernized, you know, building and the library, this uh, extraordinary, completely contemporary library space, which, um, you know, just facilitates all of the studying and the extracurricular studying and everything that these students want to do and achieve and all of these. And all of while this is happening and the school is expanding and building and growing in this way, you know, all of these testimonials are coming in from the students, all of these testimonials coming in from uh, families, parents, you know, uh, teachers, um, so staff at the school, and everybody's sort of l- growing with that experience and learning with that experience and seeing this school really flourishing and seeing these students really taking off. And and then we were sort of in partnership with other schools and scholarship programs and everything that the school can do and achieve, uh, as well as kind of take other schools through and and grow in this way is sort of happening. And and you know lives are affected and enriched in all of these spectacular ways and we're just getting started you know it's 
you know, and it's, you know, I, you know, and so suddenly it's sort of taking off. And this concept means that we can, we have the capacity to keep growing the school, to keep moving into other buildings, to keep uh, affecting other students and, and their lives. And um, in a way that is sort of completely undeniable and is a kind of um, a, a very rooted uh, and powerful way to do it you know uh, and you know we it began in a very simple way like i was saying and and as spread and then obviously there was also the science department and and to that those areas you know growing in a science lab that we built and you know and so then the school is just completely kind of enriched in all of these different ways and um and that's uh, that's been that's been the sort of 10-year process and in terms of meeting the what well, you said, you know, about the, the students and hearing from them and the parents and the teachers and what's it like actually going there, meeting them, uh, interacting with them, getting a real feel for what's happening in the front lines, as it were. Yeah, I mean, Afam has been to the school many more times than I have. Um, and, he's always uh, traveling, Afam. He's always, he's always <laughs> traveling. Um, and so I get most of the information about the school from my mom, who goes who goes quite a lot and um you know and is uh, you know she's based in the uk but she's in nigeria very often and uh and kingsley who runs the school sort of on the ground who has been there working with my mother from the very beginning so i get a lot of the information about the school and what's happening kind of on a day-to-day -day basis from from them and and afam when he's when he's there and uh and when things are kind of uh coming up um and you know and it's thrilling you know and and obviously it's incredibly rewarding but i suppose it's more than that it's uh um just that kind of investment in the future is is gives you a lot of hope for for where things are going where things can go um and um you know and that's that's very important absolutely and you touched on collaboration and what that could look like and i know afa mentioned to me your friend David Oyelowo, he's got the the leadership scholars as well, and I think you have about twenty of those uh, wonderful students, wonderful scholars at the school as well. Yeah, that's right. So a few years ago, David Oyelowo came, became involved as well. You know, from his school that he founded for for girls, uh, and um, and so you know that there was there was this great opportunity for uh, you know for a partnership uh and for scholarship students to to sort of share in this experience you know and um so these partnerships have started to rise up and we hope i think to we will do a, a number of those you know and uh, and to really sort of get a network of of schools kind of going that really help these extraordinary young people is it a challenging context um driving forward the field of education in nigeria what are the the sort of bottlenecks, the challenges that perhaps here in the UK we just don't really take into account, but over there it's just a glaring problem. There's an an enormous appetite for education and for you know just creating opportunities for young people, you know, but those opportunities just don't readily exist, and the opportunities for a first class sort of education uh international level education um is uh, uh, harder to come by just because the resources are, are limited and um so creating the framework where people can access that is um 
you know, is something that you can't, there's, there's, it, it, it sort of has to be generated in some ways by private individuals. It's not necessarily a slight on governance in Nigeria, but it's just a, it's just a reflection of the reality of, um, of the economic realities. And, um, so there is a level of, um, sort of private individuals figuring out ways in which they can create structures and circumstances where an excellent educa education is very accessible to people who are excited to pursue that you know so in a way the challenges are that i suppose the same as the challenges of creating something like that anywhere where there's um a sort of resource deficit you know or a, an eco a financial deficit you know and just sort of overcoming that because once the first boundaries are overcome, you know, the energy is from the student body itself, you know, that their engagement and excitement creates the electric atmosphere that makes you want to continue to, um, to pursue it. You know, they are so engaged and, um, and uh, excited and thorough uh, and is so desirous of, you know, of education and opportunities um that you know you can't help but be carried with them in a way and so and i think that's part of the nature of like how the school is expanding and, and why it's expanding it's expanding as they expand and to accommodate um further and further their desires and 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 want of you know this kind of a complete and rounded and high level education you know um that's a mixture, you know. There's we also we have an emphasis, obviously, on the academic side of things. But you know, I think right from the beginning, with the sports side and the arts side, you know, we've wanted to encourage theatre, drama, music, um, sports to make sure that all of the pursuits so that there's it's a it's a rounded education, and that people can be, for all sorts of reasons, excited about uh, ex experiencing it. Yeah. And this philanthropic journey, um, you've given us a really good overview over the last 10 years and with Brightland and different things that happened, but also in terms of your engagement with Jinko and you touched a little bit on, yes, you know, you need some financial resources, you, you need some goodwill, you need to roll up your sleeves a bit, but you're privileged in the sense that you can, you can amplify a subject, a topic, right? Because you have a platform. If you say something, people will listen. And uh, and I know that the partnership that you've had with Jinko has enabled Jinko's really wonderful causes to get more airtime. And I'd love to get a glimpse into your understanding of how to amplify these, you know, how to use your voice, how to leverage your voice to amplify these truly wonderful causes that you're involved with. Well, I think that's the thing. I think that if you have uh, a pl uh, just a sort of any kind of, profile i suppose um then people are, in, are engaged with that and also then you're connected equally to other people who have a profile and so you're into this sense where you can collectively not necessarily just individually but you can collectively raise quite a lot of awareness quite quickly over any sort of subject matter and and direct certain funds towards causes that you believe in that you feel are um are important are doing something important in the world and and helping so i think that that is sort of fundamentally where i felt i could be of 
most help you know is in kind of raising that kind of awareness of using a profile and connection to other people with profiles to raise kind of awareness about Jinka and what Jinka was doing and then you know it happens quite quickly that you know that people are either because they're connected to me personally or they're connected to me professionally you know are engaged with um with looking at the company and looking at the at Jinko and looking at the sort of foundation and thinking well can i how can i get involved and and people do have an extraordinary amount of generosity and engagement and i think that in these areas um you know especially people obviously very quickly realize and know either intrinsically or through their own experiences just the the absolute kind of bottom line value of the principles that uh, that Jinko is 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 working under um and how that sort of directly affects people's lives and futures so you know we've been very fortunate to have so many different people companies groups you know that have supported us uh, along the way uh, and continue to uh, and that's been you know that's been fantastic and gratifying what's the world look like 10 years down the line uh, so you've given us that trajectory over the last decade but what, what would that success look like for for you and afam and and that whole side of things there's a few different things you know i think that one of the things is that you, it's hard to tell sometimes you know because it can be unpredictable the people that become involved you know that all of a sudden you know like for example the library that was built recently in the school is a kind of beautiful state of the art and i hadn't really considered it again it was one of the things that i hadn't thought of i you know the classrooms the spaces the sports spaces the art center you know the science we were talking a little bit about um about really getting a kind of music room together that we really kind of was and all of a sudden in the midst of all of that you know the, this this idea came about and it was the um uh, international thrillers writers um, that raised a, a large amount of money uh, to provide the Brightland Academy with a library. And um, and so once this kind of conversation begins and attention is directed towards this library and now it's created and it's absolutely beautiful and the students adore this place, um, you know, you realise that actually that kind of uh, journey happens when people also kind of get involved and get excited about it and also inform you in some ways in certain things which you maybe weren't thinking about directly I mean obviously you're thinking about the overview of it being uh, you know sort of holistically of it, of it working and being a, a good space but maybe the specifics are influenced by people that come into the world in the space of that um, so I think it's really about reaching out of searching out those kinds of collaborations of understanding what other people see, what other people's uh, interests are in terms of the spaces that have affected them, that have allowed them their freedoms and and to explore them themselves and uh, and see whether there is room for those kinds of collaborations, you know. Obviously, you know, the international thrillers writers probably spent a lot of time in libraries at some point in their in their lives and in their working lives and pre-working and pre lives. And, um, 
you know, and obviously to all of them, that was a very specific space that they wanted to try to actualize for these students and uh, in, in the best way possible. So, you know, I think it's listening as well as acting, you know, uh, as well as doing and um, and uh, and understanding that everybody can bring something to these kinds of journeys. Um, you know, uh, everybody has a different sort of philanthropic heart um so i suppose that's a roundabout way of answering the question but it's i just think in 10 years time i think we should accumulate an, an incredible array of different experiences and try to funnel that into enriching the lives of as many young people as we can i love it did you always know somewhere that you were going to be involved in philanthropy to this extent or did it sort of just happen as you went through life i mean i think i always felt that um that it was a part of the that any kind of philanthropic gesture you know large and small is is part of the experience you know that it's um um that it sort of goes hand in hand with everything else that you're doing and sometimes it can be the full measure of what you're doing, you know, that everything is in some ways about giving or communicating something that, um, that art is that in a way, you know, um, that it, that it kind of is, is rooted in, in a kind of sharing of experience. But I always felt that there was a place for me that was very kind of, um, that was direct in sort of in, in involvement because it, um, I don't know, it's hard to describe. I think that there's a sense of peace that comes with that. You know, the the world is so chaotic and some of the challenges are, you know, seemingly so insurmountable, but actually once you're involved and invested and you can affect positively the the the, the lives of, of somebody else, you know, that it kind of there's a it kind of there's a there's a calmness that comes with that. Um you know, which you can describe in many ways, whether it's satisfaction, whether it's just a pleasurable feeling, whether it's, but it's, uh, I think it's something to do with, it simplifies the world a little bit and it, it removes some of the chaos that surrounds you uh, and you feel much more connected to, I suppose, the experience of your humanity. You experience it in a much more direct way when you're, engaged with other people especially people that you that you don't know much about you know uh, on a personal level but you understand some of their aspirations and some of the circumstances you also are connected to your own sense of gratitude you know that your own sense of uh, of the things that uh, that you've had in your life that uh, that you you know that you, that were nothing to do with you essentially um but uh but but you recognize that other people haven't had those same opportunities or chances in their lives and you know you recognize that that inequality is is unfair and and adds to the kind of chaotic nature of of the world as we experience it and so you're also trying to utilize some of the things that you're grateful for in order to uh correct some of those uh inequalities 
you know, you may or may not know this, but you've just articulated the case for support of philanthropy <laughs> so well, uh, because it's just, you know, so many people have the ability to be philanthropic, but not everybody grabs it with both hands and embraces it uh, the way you have. Key takeaway, what's that one thing you'd love for the audience to keep in mind after they finish listening to today's episode? If I had a kind of key takeaway, it's probably it's probably that you know it's probably the the nature of um, of of serenity, the nature of peace, you know, the the, the nature of um, what what calms us, you know, um, as uh, in in these extraordinarily chaotic times, you know, is probably our connection with with other people um you know i think that we live in a world and a planet now that is one of abundance you know which is so shocking when you think of the amount of people that don't have very much you know but we don't we're not in a time in our history where there is a lack um you know a human lack you know these wars that are being fought and these calamities that are happening are not due to a lack of anything, you know, um, in terms of the planet, you know, in terms of sort of globally, they're not due to a global lack of finance, they're not due to a global lack of uh, resources, you know, they happen in spite of a globe of a global abundance of these things. And, uh, and that I think, will be judged harshly by future generations, they might understand the wars of the 16th century, much more than they understand the wars of our century, you know, and, um, and I think the way to overcome that is to reconnect to our sense of humanity, you know, our, our sense of uh, a common mission, you know, and in a way, um, philanthropy and, you know, it speaks to that, you know, it sits within that conversation. And I think that's why you feel peace. You know, I think that's why there's a sense of serenity. I think that's what keeps out some of the chaos. Chiwetel, thank you so very much for, uh, for sharing your insight and your passion with us as we celebrate our 250th episode and, and on the eve of our fifth anniversary. It's been such a pleasure uh, hosting you on the show today. And uh, I'm so very glad that uh, Afamonyema connected the dots and put us in touch. Thank you. Thanks very much, Alberto. Great to talk to you. Perfect. And that's a wrap. Thanks very much for tuning in to the 250th episode of the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship. You've been listening to a great chat with Chiwetel Ejiofor, renowned actor and engaged philanthropist, as we spoke about his support and work with the Jinko Foundation. Thanks so much for tuning in over these 250 weeks. And thanks so much for tuning in over these past five years. And I look forward to catching up with you this coming Monday on our 251st episode. Be well, and I'll see you in a week's time.